Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer in studio today. Travis Waldstein, air sort of heating and air conditioning in Council Bluffs. What it, spring has sprung? What is fall? Is, uh, is fall hasn't sprung? What, well, what do you call it? let's see. Last Saturday, Kinnick, ninety-three degrees, tailgating. We had to get the white tent because it was that hot. It's like, wait a minute, this is Swiss shirt weather. But then this coming Saturday is supposed to be fifty-five for the high. So right. it's psychotic weather at this point. It's uh, living in Iowa this time of year. That's the way that it is. And when you do that, things can go a little wonky with your HVAC system. Because I've noticed one thing that when it's really hot outside and then the temperature goes down, there's times that it almost feels warmer, even though the air conditioner is still set at the same temperature. Yeah, it's because it's not running as much. You know, listen, I know about as much about nursing as my wife knows about HVAC. So we have this conversation in our house all the time. Yes, Peggy, you're 100% right. Oh, by the way, Peggy Sweets is Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, it's like it was 93 degrees outside and it's set to 70 and it's great, but now it's 78 and it's set to 70 and it's hot in here. Yeah, because the air conditioner's not running. Well, how do you fix that? I don't know. You could open the window, let the heat in. I, I mean, that's always an option, you know? <laughs> so yeah, there's always that balance. That's why they have things like two stage and, you know, zoning. They got all kinds of fun stuff that you can deal with. So what is it about the air conditioner running that helps it feel more comfortable? Because it pulls humidity out. That's the first and foremost, the number one job because no one likes to be sticky. Right. I don't, you know, some people don't mind it warmer, but they don't want to feel like they're, you know, wet, clammy, like in the summertime, you walk in the house and, you know, the AC's not running, you've been outside and it's like, oh, I want to get in somewhere more comfortable because then that's the whole thing. You can have it be 75 inside and feel comfortable because the humidity's gone. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why. It's wow. all about humidity. And in this part of the country where we have corn, you know, from the middle of July till about the end of August, and the corn puts off a lot of humidity. Yeah. So so as the corn then dries out, uh, that typically means less humidity. Yeah, that's why last Saturday was 93 degrees and it felt pretty dry. That's because, listen, corn's, I mean, the corn's ready to pick. I mean, it, it's not green anymore. It's not putting off humidity at this point. It was warm, but it wasn't like August warm. And that's what people don't understand about this part of the country. You know, there's places that get hotter than what it does here, but the humidity in July and August is brutal in the Midwest just because of the humidity part of it. So what's the answer to it then? Dehumidification. Dehumidification. Yes. How do you spell that? Now we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> D-E-H, there, there you go. So. <laughs> yeah, my, my son, I, I asked him that question one time on, on some word. It, he said it wasn't a word. I said, how do you spell that? And he went, D-E, I'll just sound it out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep, so, yeah, me and your son can agree on that. So. Is that standard with HVAC units now that it's going to, you know, dehumidify the air in the summertime, or is it something that has to be added on? Well, that's a loaded question. And you know what? Some of my air surf friends that might accidentally listen to this in, in the South is probably going to have a little bit different opinion than me, than, and I don't care. That's okay. So I'm going to premise with this statement okay. because I found out there's a few of them that actually listen to me. So, yeah, yeah, I'd just like to stir the pot so equal opportunity offender. So, but when it comes to dehumidification, number one, your air conditioner, most people think in your mind that that is the primary job of air conditioning and it is right that's why you buy an air conditioner it does two things primary functions pull the humidity out of the house and then drop the temperature 
what the balance you try to find is the balance between, you know, what feels good in the house for temperature and what your humidity level is. Um, there's this wonderful government agency called ASHRAE. I don't know if it, how tight air is government, but they set a lot of standards for the industry. And so according to ASHRAE, that the ideal home should be 78%, uh, 78 degree temperature and 50% humidity. I got news for you. I don't know who's at ASHRAE, but mm-hmm. this this fat kid from Iowa was not leaving his air conditioner at 78 in the house. I got my air conditioner set at low on my truck. It's at 70 in my house. That's how that works for me. Yeah, 78 is too hot. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, I got a few customers that like it that warm, but I'm like, okay, whatever floats your boat. But the first job is to dehumidify. And ideally, they say the ASHRAE standard is 50%. And so when you – there's this wonderful chart if you – get into with weather with psychrometric it's called psychrometric chart and so when you watch the weather forecast and you watch uh, channel six or channel seven and they're talking about humidity and dew points and all that stuff that's essentially i'm like a glorified weather person so i don't look like emily emily roller from channel six so i i hate to break to everybody here but i essentially try to do you're not that far off (laughs) but but as far as you know fresh but that's what we try to do in the home we're trying to control the weather inside the space so with dehumidification air conditioner is part of it Depending on the house and the situation, dehumidification is another part of it. The problem we run into with air conditioning, and this isn't just here, it's over. The higher, they use this wonderful term called SEER. SEER, Seasonal Energy Efficiency Rating. And so if you go with a higher SEER air conditioner, um, you know, it's quote unquote more efficient according to the government. But when your SEER gets up to be 16, 18, 20, 22 SEER, one of the underlying factors that happens is it's actually harder for it to dehumidify. So um, because of, of, of how they're designed, that's why sometimes you walk outside a house and the AC looks like it's the size of a shed. The reason for that is because it needs the extra surface area inside and outside to be able to help pull humidity out of the house and do the job that's designed to do. I think you perplexed her. I'm, I absolutely did, I'm sure. Which I'm, it's okay. <laughs> but there's several ways around it. You know, with dehumidification from an AC side, two stages huge. We don't see it in this part of the country because in, in Iowa in the upper Midwest, you know, it's a comfort point and we have 1,000 hours of air conditioning and we have 3,000 hours of heating in a 9,000 hour year. So that's why air conditioning is huge. But people are happy when their furnace breaks, you come over. When their air conditioner breaks, usually they're not very happy people. Yeah. That's just my perspective. No. You know, nobody likes to sweat. But, uh, you know, if you, if you do two-stage or multi-stage air conditioning, you know, that will help a lot because the air conditioner runs longer. It dehumidifies. The other option is, you know, when we talk dehumidification, I mean, there's a couple different avenues where they do whole house dehumidification. And then you also have where you can go to Home Depot or Menards and buy your little portable dehumidifier. They both have their merits. Obviously, if you go to Home Depot or Menards and you put a whole a dehumidifier in the basement and turn yeah. it down to 40%, it's going to help your conditioning. It's going to help the feel of the house, you know, especially when it's late July, first couple weeks of August, and it's just brutal. It'll run all the time. But the reason it's doing is it's pulling the moisture. It's pulling the moisture. What the air conditioner can't already pull out. Um, the other option is you do a whole house 
dehumidification where you actually hook into the ductwork and it works in tandem with the air conditioner but you're not just pulling it from that one spot in the basement it's using your ductwork and it's, it's recirculating through this machine and working in tandem with your HVAC system now it is more expensive to do it that way but if you're looking as far as comfort and wanting to maintain you know at minimum of 50 percent you know maybe you want to get down to 45 percent humidity um that's how you're going to have an opportunity to achieve that is with whole house dehumidification in the summertime. And that sticks onto your already existing thing? Yes, it would be inside. Okay. So basically it's a, I call it a box. It's a, it's a box that basically has two ducts that run out of it and one hooks up to your return, one part of your return and then one hooks up to either another part of your return or your supply. It depends on the configuration for the setup, but then what it does is it can run all the time. So even like when your air conditioner is not running, it can circulate and pull air back, you know, pull air back, dehumidify, dump it back in your ductwork and let your duct system distribute it. Well, that makes sense. Run your fan at a very low cycle. It just helps keep the house more comfortable. It also puts less stress on your air conditioner. Okay, and I presume that... Based on the size of the house, there's different sizes of those too? Yes, there's three. Generally, right now, as a manufacturer, there's three different sizes. Okay. So, I mean, if you, they have a 60 pint, 95 pint, and then like 130 pint, I believe is what it is. Most of your houses in this part of the country, most of your 12, 1400 square foot are going to be the year 60 or 95 pint. You get a big old 5,000 square foot barn, you yeah. know, that you have. And I don't mean barn in a bad way, but just a big house. You're going to need that extra load. But if you have a house that big that's having dehumidification issues, you really need that that 135 to be able to pull that out and then distribute it through the house. Because if it's just sitting in the basement, mm-hmm. it'll pull it out of that space, but it won't pull it out of the entire house. And that makes sense too. Yes. Mm. So how does it work then with, uh, you're pulling moisture out of the air, so are you connecting that into an existing drain pipe or is it just yeah. run out to the floor drain or yeah. where does that go? Generated floor drain. So yeah. it's just kind of like a maybe even a garden hose then. A garden hose or vinyl, vinyl hose. So, you know, if it's ideal, if it's close, we like to run PVC because your clear vinyl hose usually gets yucky and slimy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. I, I mean, you see guys that, oh, I'm going to go cheap and run a garden hose for the drain for your air conditioner. Three years down the road, it looks like someone blew their nose in it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peggy's like, going, oh, my God. But it's what it looks like. It's slime, you know. It it's. But if you use PVC, it has less uh, propensity to do that. So, but it has a drain. It has a 110-volt connection. Some of them you can tie in with the fan on the furnace, so it help, the fan will help circulate even when the air conditioner is not running. With a lot of your systems today that are being installed, that's a pretty common uh, option on your on – your, I, I, for us, it's standard, but for some companies, it's maybe higher than what they normally sell. Most of the stuff that we sell – it's pretty standard that we can add them options. Is this something that you have to pay attention and manually turn the thing off when you've gotten past the time of year when you need it, or is it going to happen automatically? I'm thinking about the little floor units that I bought mm-hmm. You know, when I had my house and we, I ran it in the basement. And, you, yeah, you talked about, I think I had it set at 40%, and it never did reach it because it just wasn't, wasn't big enough to handle it. But mm-hmm. It would keep running even after I didn't need it anymore, so mm. I had to pay attention to what was going on. Do these units do that, or is it an automatic? No, it, it, they'll shut. They'll shut off, and depending on what configuration is, they'll have a 
I know a ther- uh, I say humidistat that can mount with it. Sometimes you can mount it with a ther- thermostat. Sometimes it's integral to the thermostat. So it can all be controlled upstairs at your, your main control, your thermostat of the house. So you can turn it on or shut off that function. Because frankly, you probably don't need to run your dehumidifier in January. No. Uh, but there's a few houses. I can think of one customer. I got this down by Silver City that his basement must be built like on top of a lake. Oh. You walk in the middle of January and the humidity is like 45%. It's just the hot way the house is built and just the way everything seeps in. But for the most part, no. You want to be able to shut that off when it's in an off season. What about the flip side then? Because typically in wintertime, you're trying to add humidity back in. Yes, yes. And when you're starting to add humidity, it's that time of year where we're starting to switch over. Um, and remind me to talk humidifier pads before we I, leave today. Humidifier pads. I got it written down. Yeah, she, okay, Be- Peggy's going to keep it. She has a sticky note over there, I'm sure. I do. See? <laughs> of course I do. So, all right. So when you talk humidific- humidifying a house, and this goes with dehumidification, one of the things you look at is how much air, or at a given temperature, if you take a box, and let's say you got a pound of air, you know, and it's in this box here, and how much moisture does it carry? So, so let's say when the weather is zero degrees outside and they say the, the humidity is at 100% when it's zero degrees outside, when that box gets heated up to 85 degrees, your humidity might be 10%. Now, what changed? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. The, te- the temperature. Well, yeah. yeah. The same box is there. The same air is there. The same humidity is there. As far as water content... But when when the air temperature is 85 degrees, it can hold a lot more water than what it does when it's zero degrees. The temperature has to do with the capability of humidity. Exactly. Okay. This is something brand new that was never taught to me in physics class. I'm I'm trying to figure out how I've reached this age and not known it. Yeah. So when it's zero degrees and it's 100% humidity, it can still feel dry as heck because, you know, our bodies. You know, it, you could say it's 100% humidity, but your skin's cracked, your nose is dry, you have My the issues. My hair goes blink. Yeah, it, exactly. You, you know, you, you Todd comes over, touches it, and shocks you. And it, 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 like yeah. Stock, yeah. Shock is that long. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. Totally. And it's not a cattle prod, you know, like you, right. you know, it's all It's all good. Yeah. So when you understand that, that and so when the house is 70 degrees, you know, 65, 70 degrees, the humidity load in there you know, is usually very low. So if it's 70 degrees, your humidity, if you don't add it, could be 5 to 10%. It really depends on outside conditions and what you're bringing into the house. In the winter, so you have to look at outdoor, you have to look at indoor when you start talking. Well, even with dehumidification, but so ideally we'd like to keep it, I would say between 30 and 35% ideally for a house in the wintertime. But what you have to be careful of is if you add too much humidity into a house in the wintertime and it's 70 degrees inside but it's zero degrees outside, the problem you can run into if you have too much humidity in that house, it can create, it can, and your house is not sealed well, it can create moisture. You can start to get ice building on your windows oh. and you can create property damage. Okay. So, so you have to be real cognizant of that. Some of the humidifiers now, as far as whole house, um, they have steam humidifiers. Have it to where you can control how much or how little. You can also just um, adjust it based off of what the temperature is. 
outside. So if the te- it's got an outside sensor, so if it says it's zero outside, it knows it's going to have to adjust your humidity back to where it's still humidifying, but not enough it's going to cause property damage to your home. Windows is usually the first culprit, or if you have a soffit, or you know you talk you hear about ice dams in the winter time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean living up in Northwest Iowa, that's a huge issue. You know, and, and you see some of it down here too, but that all that all comes back to moisture and you know the the hot the, the hot and cold. So so when humidity, the how we do it on a furnace, you know, with the heating system, heat pump, furnace, whatever, we mount a humidifier. We try to mount them always on the return box that they're spring the air back to the furnace. We'll generally run a transfer duct from the supply to the return. So when your furnace or heat pump turns on, it's going to blow air out of the supply through the humidifier box, across the humidifier pad, and it's going to put air into the airstream and circulate it through the house. I always wondered how that worked because I was like thinking when you put humidity, one of those things on there, I thought it was like drops of water dripping that were going through the house. I just didn't understand it. Yeah, it's the air that pushes it. Now it have you have to said with the humidifier pad, you have to drip. What happens sometimes with humidifier pads is if you don't have enough water coming across it, it can be a problem. If you have too much water coming across it, it can be a problem. So yeah, there's a balance there. Plus, then you always have to see how big is your house. It's the yeah. same thing with dehumidification. If your if your humidifier is too small, it's going to be a problem. Sometimes we end up putting humidifiers and we hook them to hot water versus cold water, oh. because hot water has a tendency to have you know it's got it, it's heated, so it has a tendency to add. It's like running a vaporizer in your house. You run a vaporizer, you know they're basically boiling off water, so it's the same difference. Don't do it very often, but sometimes if it, they really need that extra humidity, let's say they got kids and everybody's got RSV and noses and that kind of stuff that are dry and cracked, that's where your humidity can come to help. It's it's humidity is good for your wood floors, um, and just you know if you got antique furniture, you start to look at it in January and all of a sudden you had a little bit of a streak. It's got a quarter inch gap, and you're wondering why. Well, the wood dries out, so. So it has a lot of, um, you know, so the moisture has a lot. It can affect the integrity of the house, you know. But it's something you have to manage. It's something you have to build control. It's easy to control because now with a lot of times with the thermostats, we can control it there. We can set it and kind of forget it, mm-hmm. you know. But it's something, you know, the biggest thing is they do need annual maintenance. There's always, there's two schools of thought on annual maintenance when it comes to humidifier pads. And this is what my point was going to be. There's... If you run, let's say, September, I got a brand new humidifier pad in there today. Or I guess the 1st of October, excuse me. It's going to run for the next five months. You're going to be dumping water across it, whatever. So it's going to run until probably April. Then you're going to shut it off. And then some people will let that pad sit there for three months in their system after it's had water and had air and... You know, air come across it and potential for buildup and yeah. mold and different stuff to build up on that pad. So everybody thinks that you should change the humidifier pad in the fall. My feeling is I want to get that pad out of there at the end of heating season, going to air conditioning season. Because if it hasn't been wet, if it hasn't been exposed, it's not going to have the opportunity to grow the crud off everything that's blown across it for the last six months. 
and then the fall you start you still have a fresh pad. Otherwise, in the summertime, you could be breathing stuff that's yeah, coming out the humidifier. The stuff right into your ductwork, and then give it another opportunity to grow in there too. Yeah. It's not very good for allergies. It's one of the biggest fights we actually have in our shop because some customers. It's not even the techs; it's the customers. They'll be like, "Cause well, we got to change it in the fall." No, you really should change your pad in the spring. You know, clean it, and then that way it's clean, it's ready to go. But it'd be like leaving a dish in the kitchen for four months in the sink. Mm-hmm. You know, let's leave a dish in the sink for four months, and then when we're ready to use it, we're going to wash and use that dish. Wait, again. you're saying that's bad. <laughs> well, Todd, you, you're a, you, you live in a bachelor pad, so, you, you, you know. That's, yeah, there's there's a reason why I buy paper plates. Uh-huh. That's right. You know, my grandmother believed that, absolutely, so... So, so a quick question: Does does your service plan does that cover changing that pad when you come out and it, do that? It is an yeah, it's something that is a part one of the options with the service plan. So yeah, generally anybody's got a humidifier, my guys will talk to them about it. Covers the pad, covers the cleaning, making sure everything's operational and safe and doing what it's supposed to be doing. So, okay. um, yeah, it, it's. Some, and here's what the other thing, some people love them, some people hate them. I'm a fan of humidifiers, but you have, it's like anything else, you got to treat it with respect. Right. If you've got, you know, like your hair, yes. um, I mean. I zap a lot of things. I put my, my cable box out once when I walked up to it and touched it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I blew it up. It didn't work. <laughs> See, I, hey, you know what? Static electricity is a great thing. So. Yeah. So, so I, I, I just stand, I just stand in the shower and just hope that, you know, someone drops the hot iron from the oh. curling iron in there, you know, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's not what we're talking I, about. No, no, that's it. I do. Idea. Speaking of water, I do have one more question. Mm. Does it matter if you have hard water or soft water to have a humidifier or, or this pad or is there different things you have to do to take care of it? You know what? When we run a hard water situation, so that's a great question and good point. They actually, we actually sell. And we do have, so if you have really hot water, so number one, obviously the first thing is you could put in a water softener. We could do that. Um, we have that option. We can have your water tested. We sent the water soft, um, find out what it is, and then we put a softener if you want to. And it treats the entire house. Now, if you're watering the plants outside, you don't want to have soft water for the plants. It's not good for it. Um, so, but if you don't want to do the whole house, it's like the other thing they have, it's a, it's for humidifiers. So like you see your inline refrigerator filters, right? Uh-huh. So you can actually put one in. So if you have a real hard water situation where you can put an inline humidifier filter and that's what it's designed to do is to pick up all the hard and crud out of it. Now over, you know, they should be changed annually. I've seen customers try to push it a couple of years and at some point they just, you know, they, they well, listen, at some point, they get full of crud, and then yeah. what happens? They let the stuff go by. But yes, if you got a real hard situation, they do make inline filters okay. for an option. Um, maintenance is huge when you have a humidifier because if you don't maintenance for two or three years, it's going to become a mess for you. Right. Even if you get into steam humidifiers, now I'm not a huge steam humidifier person. There's been a lot of issues over the last 15 years with steam humidifiers. Now, I won't say they don't work. Okay. They work, but they're, in my mind, they'll put in more humidity, but they're also a lot more finicky. Okay. Um, there's been a few, they've had fire issues, they've had, oh. and it's like, you know, it's, how do I put it? I, I don't want to put something in a customer's house that I think could be a potential 
fire life safety issues. So that's why we stay away from steam. But if a customer's insistent on it or if it's a case where you have to have it, mm-hmm. we'll look at it. But for your day-to-day, for most of your residential applications, I'm not a steam guy. I'll probably get some pushback on that too, but that's just my perspective. So, mm-hmm. But if a customer wants, I'll look at it and I'll give them the pros and cons of both. Well, based on that, I probably wouldn't go that route either. No. I think so. I would have you out to give me an estimate and see what I need to do and then probably sign up for your maintenance plan because you know a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just call you to come out a couple times a year and make sure I'm good to go. You see, you know about radio and I know about HVAC. So we got some fear. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I want to see all the pets. I want to see all the animals in it. Oh, that's right. You do. Yeah. Yes. Come on out. Come on out. I'll do that. Hey, can we feed, can we feed Todd to the farm animals? In, in, oh, we better not feed him to the farm. We eat him around the radio station. But my animals don't eat people. <laughs> they they eat grain. They eat grain. There you and go. Hey, at, at and least grass. to anyone from Homeland lawn. Security that may be listening right now, that's that's the story we're going with. That, that's the story we're going. With. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You guys are we won't be giving you any five gallon buckets, Todd. Just go. That's a story for another day. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, great information today. This yes, is um. Uh, there's a lot of things that a person can do to. Uh, it's about comfort level and it's about living your best life. And this is, I think, the very key way to make that happen. Well, yeah, it really is. Humidifiers, a lot of people know about humidifiers. And dehumidification is something to where people think they can go to Home Depot or Menards or go to Amazon and buy the $300 dehumidifier and they're doing themselves a service. I'm not going to sit there and try to fight with that customer. It is no sense and they can do it and that's fine. But realistically, if you're really looking to control through the entire house, yes, it's going to cost more, but whole house dehumidification in the summertime. And as humid as it gets in this part of the country, I'm amazed we don't do more with it than what we do. Because I I think it's missed and people just assume that they have to deal with it. Right. And they don't have to deal with it. it. They just... It's yeah. like, no, it's not worth the cost benefit, but they don't like to sweat. So it's like, you can't yeah. shake your head. It's like, wait a minute, how the heck does this work? But it you just, know, it sounds like it's better for the whole house and yeah. everything in it to it just make sense. A- absolutely. You know, whether it's April Air or Honeywell, um, there's two or three manufacturers, like I said, uh, April and Honeywell both make a great product when it comes to this. So, I mean, it, 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 the product is, for what it is, it's doing the job that we, you know, yes, your air conditioner is supposed to ideally do it, but the way things, the technology and everything else has happened, you know, it's like water heaters. The government stepped in and f- screwed up water heaters royally about 20 years ago, and now you now you go to buy a water heater, it's a throwaway item, unless yeah. you buy a tankless. Yeah. Washing machines, too. Washing machines. Oh. Here's a good deal on washing machines. Okay. Last four, I bought four sets of them, and I did buy the extended warranty. Uh-huh. You know, and so Lord knows, about two years they'd quit. Yeah, buy the extended warranty from Exarbon Furniture Mart. Uh huh. And uh, you know what? It would last at least till the warranty's out. So I believe they have the warranty section where they put the better parts, and then they have the non-warranty section where they oh. put the jalopy parts. That makes sense. Yeah, I totally one hundred percent believe that. I never thought of that before. Yeah, and I hate buying extended warranties on certain things. Like, yeah. if it's, I mean, if it's a huge ticket item, I can see. It. But if it's like five hundred bucks, it's like really. But then after you've bought four or five sets of washers <laughs> dryers, and with three boys, you go through all that. I mean, it's shocker, I know. But jeez, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I can see so that. yeah. Well, I've uh, come up with a new way of sending folks to contact you. 
Okay. And that's uh, the easiest way is to just go to Google, type in Air Serve Council Bluffs, and take the E on the end of serve and put it at the end of air. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you got that figured out. Yeah, that's the simplest way. Yeah. But listen, it's not grammatically correct. But yeah, <laughs> I, it was not my idea. You know, there's some people down in uh, Waco, Texas, you know, that I think a Lewis Central Middle School degree probably well, does the company than Baylor does. But, does AirServe predate the internet? 1992. Right about the same time. So nobody was really thinking about websites back then. No. So it was trying to be more clever with the name. And so back then I can understand it. But now you want to have as easy to remember of a website name as possible. And when you say AirServe, that's not how it's spelled. Yeah, it's, so. not, it's not how it's spelled. And some people think, are you a freight company? Are you an airline company? So if they don't know who you are, yeah. right. luckily we've been around for, you know, for 14 years, you know, almost 15 you know, and so people know who we are now, but if they didn't know, you know, it, it's it's like my parent, whatever, it's called neighborly, and they got like 30 different concepts, and, I'm, and everybody's like, oh, what's neighborly? Exactly. So, you know, and I say, you know what, I got one neighbor I like, and I got one neighbor that I don't like so much, so, you know, I'm not very neighborly, so, you know, that's, uh, that's. Just let them fight that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the same, I've got a, I've got a brother and a sister. And as I w- when I was giving my dad's eulogy, I said that I'm the oldest of the three children, but I'm the second best looking. Uh-huh. And then I just let them figure it out from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I was going to say, though, I see what they were trying to do with the logo. So they made the A and and the V look the same. So that way it looks like w- warm and cold. Yeah, the and up, and, see, up and yeah, down, the up and down on, on the thermostat. Yeah. That I, I get the logo now. Yeah. Uh, now that I've actually really looked at it, they, so they used to have a snowflake logo. It was kind of good. Yeah, they used to have the snowflake logo. If you saw oh. our old trust back in two thousand nine, they had this great big logo, and it was kind of like it stuck. It stuck out. It looked like a ray of sunshine. I, oh. I, I I don't know. So I I don't pretend to know branding, and I definitely that's why I have people like you and people I work with at Mark. You know, market. Like I said, I, I'm just a marketer's nightmare is what I am. I'm actually a franchise nightmare, too, if you really want to know about it. So That's an altogether different. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it is. So, so any That's... questions you got on humidification or dehumidification? No, not that I can think of. But what's going to happen is I'm going to have more later. So I think I'm going to stick with the plan of having you out and you tell me and educate me a little bit more. And then after we figure things out, I'm just going to... Stick with the service plan because I don't have time to sit there and make sure I get my humidifier pad out and at the yeah. right time. And yeah, that's, if that's, you come out twice a year, I know I'm golden. I can remember that part. There you go. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Exactly. There mm-hmm. you go. The podcast is Circle of Trades. Travis Waldsteiner, Surf Heating and Air Conditioning and Council Bluffs. And always the fun and effervescent Peggy Sweet. Yes. And I'll get to go settle our bet for the Packers Falcons. About time. I'm hungry and uh, I have expensive tastes. So. Yeah, Taco Bell. Is that, no, it wasn't Taco <laughs> Bell's Lockmart. That's right. So. You were the one that put into the bet. When you sent me the text about it, you said... Anything on the menu. You said that. Yeah. Don't worry, bone in ribeye. Hey, I, I know what I wanted on <laughs> Not a question in my mind. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Circle of Trades. Back again next week with another one. Until then, take care. <laughs>